I don't know if we've talked about this, but I always thought podcasting was more of a presentation. And maybe it is for some, and that's fine. But I, I'm it's more of a like conversation where we for me where mm-hmm. like I'm furthering my thinking on these topics. I don't actually don't know when we start talking where it's gonna go. I don't always either. If I can, I like to do a little bit of homework because then I'll think after we hang up, I'll think about that book I read a year ago and be like, oh right, I should have referenced that. So but I don't I don't like the script. I like the unscripted nature of what yeah. we do too. Yeah. Thank you for the deck, by the way. Sure. So what are we talking about today? Well, we had a couple threads we wanted to pull on last time we spoke. So we finished Minimally Viable Crisis Leadership Model, and then we talked about returning to work mm-hmm. and, and maximizing flexibility and, and those kind of things. And, and again, I mean, we just talked about the need for communication when no one knows what to do. Increasing communication is, is so important. And, and it's funny because you should probably feel like you're on the table jumping up and down yelling before it's just barely enough. It's like, uh, even if you feel like you're doing it a lot, you don't, you're probably not. Yeah. And then, so we have two, two areas we could go into. One is the trust. The idea of trust is underrated and overused, which is kind of an interesting term that you used last time we recorded or creating experiences around trust. Yeah. So those are on mm. our backlog. If you want to start with one of those. Let's see. Creating experiences. Okay. And I I failed to send you the two articles specifically that I was thinking of. Well, we could run it live. In terms of trust becoming like the latest buzzword. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean by by it being overused. I've noticed, I don't know, which one one is most interesting to you today? Maybe maybe underrated and overused, I think, is under... you said it that way, and and it it seems like on the surface, you know, underrated and overused. That's kind of a funny sentence, right? It does seem like we undervalue, don't think about building trust effectively, and what positive like ripple effects that creates. And then, but everybody sort of wants to use it at at this surface level, like as a buzzword, and they think by maybe invoking the word trust that somehow it gives you that thing. Right. But it's not the case. And in fact, it it hurts. It hurts you most of the time, like without appropriate follow through or actions or usually follow up by trying to cover up something or doing something that diminishes trust. And so, yeah, maybe let's dig into that a little bit. I'm curious to okay to hear what you thought. I'm noticing a couple things. And this is this is in the both of the articles I meant to send you and I will do. I've started to see in my personal inbox and in LinkedIn, and then just like these kind of random threads I follow, I'm just, I'm starting to see larger companies using a couple of different and not related expressions, but it's like everybody's doing it. And one of them is around trust. Re, one of a large consulting firm recently kind of repackaged all of their offerings especially as it relates to financial services into this is our trust department. I'll just leave that with you. You can look at the expression on my face. Um, <laughs> the, your trust department. We're Great. quarantining that's, trust off into this that's area. That's amazing. They'll, they'll sort it out. Yeah. And does that mean that the rest of the organization has no trust, that I shouldn't trust the products you have over there? I mean, it's like this odd sort of, somebody thought it was really clever. I think it, it waters down something 
that is real and meaningful. But I also think people are smarter than to be like, oh my gosh, now I can trust you. That's so great. Sorry, you're getting a little bit of my sarcasm today. It's a good day um, but, for sarcasm. Uh, I'm just back from vacation. So I, I know. I know. So you're like, yeah, you're like a little bit punch drunk right now. <laughs> That's right. I, I, I'm starting to see a lot of the use of we're going to have this trust seminar, trust. Some, it's like this is the buzzword, but it doesn't make it real and actionable, lasting because it's a human behavior. I think the, the old quote is still true. Trust comes in on foot and out on horseback. You can use it. It doesn't mean that I trust you because if you look at like Brene Brown's research, her research that we've talked about before is all about basic, based on small, consistent experiences and interactions, and it takes time. And so, yeah, we have a conflict with crisis for sure, but just just using it as a brand and being the first person to the market to use the word trust in a brand doesn't make you doesn't change, hasn't changed your behavior for me. The other one I keep seeing is this, this use of like, we're going to now add impact. We're going to be, it's, it's like people relabeling corporate social responsibility into ESGs or ERGs or something that's related to environment and making a difference in the world all because of COVID. But it doesn't, at the, at the, at the coalface, if you will, it doesn't really change the way their firm acts. They're just, Oh, rebranding, okay. relabeling. So, yeah, I see what you're saying. So, there are if you t- if you take current events over the last year, there are companies that have leaders that are personally moved towards a cause and want to align some of their organization's actions towards empowering women, helping minorities, the environment, human health services. Right, like COVID. Like, how are we gonna? navigate those tricky waters. I was just in Galveston. They were hit pretty hard with COVID. The the local restaurants, which there's a lot of them that rely on fish and shrimp from the Gulf, they all banded together and they were feeding each other for free. And there's all sorts of altruistic intent from organizations, large and small, that try to interact with the world. And you you can bicker about whether or not that's useful or effective or a company's place. But there's also this other group, which I think you're talking about, which is trying to capitalize on these current events to make money. So we're going to market towards the underprivileged, or we're going to acknowledge the underprivileged, the disenfranchised in this space so that someone else goes and buys my sneakers or whatever. And so you're saying that trust has now been sort of co-opted by this group of marketing hunters that are just looking to find the next word to go and hook people into selling their products and services. Right. That's exactly right. And I I wonder why, surely I'm not the only person who reads that and goes, okay, yeah, I still, it doesn't change anything about the way that I think of you because you're trying to monetize on, you're trying to monetize something like this, but I'm I'm noticing it as a, as a trend. And I, maybe the first time I noticed because words matter. The first time I noticed this was a number of years ago. It might have been McKinsey when they started coming out with the expression, become a trusted advisor, become a trusted advisor. You can say that as many times as you want, but if your actions don't show that you're trying to build trust in a way that is transparent and accountable and 
partnering in a way that is for the other person, even at your own expense or for the other firm at your own expense to show good faith. You haven't become my trusted advisor. You have to earn that. You don't just claim it. And I, I feel like there's another wave of that coming right now. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Now, now the interesting thing about trust, and, and we're honing in on this because that's sort of the, the subcurrent of our podcast here. So if, if you look back at the trusted advisor book, so there is the, the trust equation. Who wrote the trusted advisor? I can't remember. I'm going to look at that real quick. Mazer? Mazer? Robert Galford. Is that right? No, David Mazer, Charles Green, Robert Galford. Yeah, Maester. David Maester. Yeah. They sort of define trust. And this this sticks with me constantly because if you say something like trust, like what does that mean, right? And they define it by credibility plus reliability plus intimacy divided by self-orientation, which is interesting because if you double your credibility and you double your self-orientation, your trust diminishes by a factor of two. And so they'll say credibility is, it has to do with the words that we speak, right? I can trust what Tiffany says. Reliability has to do with actions. So Tiffany follows through. Intimacy is around how people feel around us, right? You haven't violated someone's confidentiality before. I get a good feeling, whatever. You're not going to embarrass me. So there's like just a, like a, an interpersonal feeling, which you can have towards people or organizations, right? Or things, and then self-orientation is obviously what the focus is. And so when you try to co-opt a word like trust and, the, and you are increasing your self-orientation in an equation that diminish, that like rapidly diminishes trust, right? So you may be able to do it with, with poverty, with a health issue, something else, and your, your intentions, even if they're not pure, you, maybe you can get away with it. But when you're sort of like co-opting or overusing this trust term as a company or even as a leader in an organization with your people, you're the, like the equation's working against you. Does that make sense? It, it does. It does. And I hadn't even thought to break it down that way. It was, for me, it was a gut reaction. It's like, I don't, I don't believe you. In fact, I believe you. I, I feel that you're less sincere because you're trying to co-opt a concept that does mean something. If I could be so jaded. Sure. I'm still on vacation high, so I'm good. <laughs> but yeah, and then and also in situations like this too, it's very much more about how other people feel, right? So if if you care about somebody and that's how you feel, but you're not demonstrating it and they don't feel like you care about them, that's what matters. It's what the listener does. It's what the recipient, how they feel. Mm -hmm. And so if you're an organization and you're trying to align with some of the other things we've talked about, you might get followers, you might get people buying in because I don't trust them, but at least they're like, we're kind of on the same side on this issue. So fine. But in this case where it's like, you're, you're trying, you're wading into, instead of like an opinion about the world, it's like you're, it's a character thing. It's like, this is, who, this is how I'm built. Like you can trust me. Look, we have this trust department and that's, it doesn't seem like this works the same way. Right. Yeah, I'm still parsing out. I really like what you said, kind of breaking the equation down and the pieces that they work against this whole concept. Just still kind of tearing that apart in my mind because so, on, there's only one piece of that, I guess, that is of the whole equation that's about that is about words. Everything else is about action that would have to be over time, emotional connection, caring, like and in being in, personally invested. And I, I don't, 
I don't know how that scales, how if the lowest common, it would have to be the lowest common denominator, the individual representing the brand constantly in order for the brand to relate to, to trustworthiness. Hmm. This is very interesting. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a very interesting idea. Like it never, never even occurred to me that, that large companies would, would co-opt like this particular concept. And, and the timing is very interesting because there's last year we saw this constant just erosion of trust, of gut trust in government officials, trust in stabilized processes, whether it's the election or police or like in, insert your insert your your preference there. It, we saw this erosion of the citizen from the infrastructure, the citizen from the from authority using that broadly sources of truth being kind of dismantled with the the insertion of the the whole concept of something being something being fake news or well, can and, I believe the statistics coming out about uh, yeah intentionally putting stuff in front of you that's sensational yeah and and that's interesting too because like trust it's almost organic anyway like it erodes over time it has a half life and so we're all like you and I have never met in person we've known each other for over a year now I could, there could be a situation where it's certainly not as effective to build one-on-one relationships over the phone, even with the, the great benefits of video. So if you have this idea that trust everywhere is just decaying over time, we're less effective as a society, as an organization, as a team, whatever, in building it and cultivating it and in growing it. So it's just like it, you have this linear decay over here and then doing dumb stuff out in public that massively erodes trust and uh, like no wonder right no wonder why someone looked up and said here's an opportunity we want to rebrand as trustworthy because nobody like trust is i think maybe we could say globally at an all-time low i don't have any data to back that up but it certainly feels that way or i don't know who to trust at this point yeah everywhere i look someone has their someone has a hidden agenda or their own best interests at heart as opposed to mine, so I don't know who to trust. Yeah, I heard I, an interview. So Jocko Willick, who I've talked to you about before, what ex-Navy SEALs commander, wrote a couple of books. He also owns a like cl- clothing company. He builds like like a jujitsu gear and jeans and stuff. And he was saying on an interview, like he retooled his whole company to build masks when the call came out from the government. It's like, hey, if you can build masks, build them. We need more. And so they designed some and built some. And they were six months in and he was on an interview. He's like, yeah, I don't even like, I don't even know if this works. Like no one's told me, I haven't found anybody that I trust that says this works or doesn't work. I, we just got the call and we responded to it. And it's like, man, if you can't, that seems like such a black and white thing to be able to assert and back up with information. And we're split like 50, 50 on it. And so if you can't take something as, as, discriminant as discreet and bounded as like the physics and biology of whether or not masks work and when and and what kind like this should be very obvious by now and people still don't trust it it's like yeah they're not going to trust anything more complex like you're you're going to be split there as well there seems to be another there seems to be another principle at play it's probably found somewhere in the the trust equation just not sure where and i there's like a desire like to to 
If someone doesn't want to believe that masks help in your example, like they simply won't. They will simply continue to say the vaccine is poison and masks don't help. It Like fa- facts aren't going to erode their emotional commitment to their opinion. Yeah, and you that, can't fight like emotions with yes. facts. Like that doesn't work. Yeah. Right, right. So there is there is something to, if one needs to establish trust, I, I'm just thinking out loud here, if someone needs to establish trust in, the, in a highly emotive environment, the way to go about it is not solely with data. It might not even be with data at all. It might actually be trying to get to the root of the emotional commitment. Yes. You know, the, per- the personal, the human driver. Yeah, we, we've talked about this too. It, it matters, and, and I've heard this in, in professional life too, it doesn't matter how good of a job you do, it matters how good you look while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, when we, we talked about wanting to give people in our organization more input into their futures, and sometimes you just can't, or you can't yet. It'll take a year to get there. And mm-hmm. so in the near term, it's like, well, how do we make them feel good about and informed and well communicated with about these things? So I think mm-hmm. a lot of it has to do with, I think, showing up, right? Like there's a, if you look at the individual, if you bail me out of jail at 2 a.m., I'll trust you much more than if I call you up and you say, hey, I, I'd love to, but I can't, I'm busy right now. <laughs> so I, I think there's action for sure. And, and also it really matters what the, the group around you, how they feel. And, it, and yeah, data, information, figures, words, those, those aren't always aligned. What's the, what's the other quote? People won't, people won't always remember what you say or what you do, but they'll remember how you made them feel. That's right. There, there is something, there's something to that here that is, they're, they're, they, will, they will choose to reject your facts and figures by simply by saying, well, but your, fa- your facts might be wrong. I can come up with alternate facts. I can come up with a different algorithm that's fake news, whatever, to, to reject, but they won't reject their feeling, their emotional response. So when I, if I think back to, I haven't listened to it in a while, but when I think back to um, Brene Brown's research on building, building trust and building relationships, her, every one of her examples, and she had a she had a nice little rubric for it, but every one of her examples was around being present, being there when needed, being consistent, taking thankless jobs. It was a way of relating to someone. And one of the examples she she cited that that always stuck with me was, or continues to stick with me, is the example of someone like showing up meeting meeting someone at they were both like soccer moms and one woman like showed up at the other woman's mother's funeral just like showed up they don't didn't know them that well didn't know the person who passed but being present in a time of need and then there was another example a similar similar situation but at uh, a school event for for their children one particular woman met the other the grandparents and then a year later she still remembered the names of those people and asked about them how are john and susan but it was the, it was the small things it was the you remembered someone's name or that you 
asked about them. It was the always the little things. It was never these momentous um, occasions or these big, really big things that was just consistently being present, remembering, being thoughtful that would build trust. Yeah. Yeah. So you have these very human interactions that have to do with words, actions, how people feel around you. And then I think the self-orientation side, though, where getting that as close to zero as possible, mm. I think is really where you're going to get the most, get the most lift for your organization. Right. Right. And since an, an organization, an organization cannot manifest these different pieces that will reach an individual, then this, these behaviors have to be individual to individual in the organization. It has, it, it has to be lowest common denominator. So all in all, I don't believe people when they throw around the word trust. Yeah. I'm not sure the rest of the industry does either, but I guess we'll, I guess we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, it's certainly being experimented with right now. So mm -hmm. we'll see it play out in real time. Yeah. Yeah. It's also something that I'm still hung up on your quote that you said a few minutes ago, trust, trust has a half-life. Like there is this, this is not something that is ever stagnant. It's something you're constantly working on, constantly investing in. Just like being a person of integrity, a business person of integrity isn't something you like do and then stop doing. It's like, it's part of the essence of who you are. So it has to continue to live or it, it erodes almost by itself. Yeah. Trying. I don't think we were, I don't think we view at least uh, maybe intellectually we do, but we certainly don't, you know, feel it that, that relationships, that trust just decay. They, they, yeah. they have a shelf life. They have a half life. Yeah. It's, I, I certainly don't. That's not how I view my relationships with other people. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that's something worth reflecting on. I mean, it's one thing to say, oh, I've invested in, been friends with someone for 15 years. And so we haven't spoken in a while. I'm not worried about that relationship really. I may not be up on your current events, but there's that relationship is still solid versus not, you, you can't, not every relationship is going to fall, obviously fall into that category of we've spent 15 years doing life together or something. So there has, there almost has to be this continual, this continual like stirring, ruminating to keep that going, which makes me immediately as someone who like is a time budgeter, either makes me feel stressed or makes me think I have to be very careful about, like I have to choose wisely those relationships that I really cultivate both as a professional and personally, because I, my time is a fixed a fixed entity. So I have to think carefully about where I invest it. Yeah. And that's true at the individual level and at the leadership level, no matter how big your organization is, like that's, those <laughs> rules still apply. It's just hard to scale. This is a hard thing to scale. All of this is hard to scale. So I still think it's the right thing to do. Just a lifelong yeah. journey. We'll keep trying to figure it out. <laughs> yep. Yep. Pretty it's thought-provoking stuff. This is this is deeper than it and than it looks on the surface. Yeah. Than, yeah. Especially than me start getting into it. Me just poking at somebody's branding exercise, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which is still true. <laughs> yes, definitely. All right. Well, I think we're running up on time. It was great talking okay. to you today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.